0: weren't physically free, but your soul could be, soul can always be free.
1: Welcome to Prison Prophets, stories and songs from the heart of the penitentiary. I'm Brian Farrow, the editor for this podcast. Given the weird times, we thought to go ahead and, and release our humble podcast way ahead of schedule. Now is an important time to feel with and understand our incarcerated kid. This virus has exposed a lot of weak points in our societal infrastructure, and if we don't do something about its spread in prisons, we won't just be facing the heartbreak of many families, but also the danger of exposing ourselves to this sickness for way longer than we need. You'll be hearing a conversation between our hosts. August Terrier, director for Songs in the Key of Free, the nonprofit that makes this podcast happen, and Warren Smith, certified peer specialist, barber, and former resident of the SCI Greaterford Correctional Institution. All the music you will be hearing in this episode are creations of the men in SCI Greaterford with production assistance from Wrench the Mastermind and yours truly. We look forward to releasing our first episode, but for now, our host on this current crisis.
2: So, what's happening now, I think around the nation, but in Pennsylvania as well, is a lot of people are demanding that there be compassionate parole. People who are elderly, and especially who are sick, should be released from the prisons. And the so far, the Department of Corrections is saying, oh, we just don't have the facility to do that. And so I think what's really important is we realize that, one, people who are over the age of 55, have their rate of recidivism is almost zero, right? Also, for people who are really ill, the chances of them doing some kind of new crime are almost zero quarantine a prison.
0: I don't understand how you can contain it. Once the outbreak, once one person gets it, the outbreak, it will be much greater than it is in the free world. It's not like prisoners are isolated from the world or from viruses because the staff member still comes in and the staff member still interacts with prisoners. But once it's inside the prison, then the prisoners are at the mercy of everyone. They're at the mercy of the guards just to let them go to medical. Then they're at the medical's mercy just to see them and just decide, hey, listen. And a lot of times, one of the things that I found in prison, the great antidote was ibuprofen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, it was like the great cure for everything.
2: What we need to think about is that um, there are people in prisons who have devoted their lives to restorative justice, to forgiveness, to coming to terms with the harm they have done to the community at large and to their families. and who have made a really big difference in a lot of people's lives inside the prison and outside. The idea that we are refusing to release people of that sort who are also sick, also elderly, who pose no threat to public safety, suggests to me that we're simply holding on to a punitive notion that if you're imprisoned, you just have to stay imprisoned. Because there's something about you, there's some essence of you that is dangerous or is not deserving of freedom. And that's what I think we need to come to terms with as a society. Like why don't we have it in ourselves to say, of course they should be released. We should release thousands of people in that, in that particular category. An old man
0: Long locked away Tended a garden The size of a grave He worked the hard
2: bare hands so good things would grow The Garden, written by Tom Schilk, Bob Rigler, and Cody Stoltragers and performed by Tom and Cody. As a society, we are being In controlled through fear of violence, through people thinking that once you committed to act of violence, that you will always do
0: this act over and over again. Even if you committed it at 18, some as young as 16, and there's, people believe that they will always feel and think the same way. But a human aspect, the same things that I've done at 20, I would never do at 50. And the same things I've done at 30, I wouldn't do it at 50 or I wouldn't have done that when I was 20 you grow and you learn but for some reason the society as a the United States society as a whole don't believe that prisoners grow and change and make better decisions than they did when they were young or when they were
2: they, they can't redeem themselves they can't know forgiveness you know and that is patently Wrong.
0: The prisoners are just human beings also, you know, they, we laugh, we joke, we, we make music, we sing. We try to do the same things that other human beings are doing and people can change, that people deserve a second chance, that people are remorseful for the things that they've done in their youth or in their younger years or even out of act of anger. You know when it's a lapse of I hit mental sanity. to life with no possibility for parole The judge sentenced me to life with no opportunity for going home that's when I
2: victim and I, the perpetrator, should have some kind of, um, you know, interaction, some kind of way that you can say what you need from me for your justice, right? And what I think is important about that, and we don't really talk about this enough, is that prisons don't keep us safe, right? Prisons are not the answer to someone doing a crime necessarily, to restore justice to someone who has been victimized is far more important, far more gratifying, rewarding, satisfying for culture at large than it is to lock somebody away in prison.
0: And I, and I, I, I just really appreciate um, being able to do this podcast. I appreciate being able to get this out there to the people and also back to the coronavirus i also think that guys like paul the elderly guys i really have deep feelings and compassion for these guys because there's there's no hope if they catch
2: it because there's no way that they'll be able to get the medicine that
0: they need. It's like a death sentence in in prison for the elderly, for the immunocompromised, it's like a death sentence. They might feel a little better now. I don't have all the answers, I don't claim to have the answers, or the key. I just know that locking people away for the rest of their lives for a crime that they committed at 18, and again, I keep bringing Paul up, he's 70. Now, where's the justice for who? The justice is where you you know so that's what I think and
2: and Paul someone who has contributed so much so much so much leadership Mm -hmm. uh, led programs in restorative justice mentored so many men he could be such an asset for us out here so much value that he could add to culture right his relationships are sterling he's a collaborator he's a leader He's a visionary. formed
0: by Paul Perry. They had the hospitals. Even though there's not enough, it's not enough for everybody. But in prison, there is definitely not enough and nor to society at large think that they're deserving of the little that we have. Like, I believe that people, not everybody, But people think, why give the respirators to the prisoners when we need them here? That's right. Why test the prisoners? If we got a million tests, why spend 100,000 in the prisons?
2: That's exactly it. And I think the key there that you're speaking to is that the Department of Corrections and maybe many people on the outside see prisoners' lives as disposable. of of not having value. Let us remember the words of the great Angela Davis. The prison functions ideologically as an abstract site into which undesirables are deposited, relieving us of the responsibility of thinking about the real issues afflicting those communities from which prisoners are drawn in disproportionate numbers. Simply put, it is a false narrative to believe that we are somehow safer because millions of our fellow citizens are trapped behind bars. We here in Pennsylvania are urging our Governor Tom Wolf and the PA Department of Corrections to act to protect, in particular, aging prisoners, those who are immunocompromised, frail, and most at risk of dying from this virus. All compositions in this episode are original and are written and performed by incarcerated musicians at SCI Phoenix in Montgomery County, PA. The opening words about freedom are spoken by Lawrence Whees Newton, and the jazz tune you hear at the beginning is called Freedom, written by Bernard Lee and performed by Jamaluddin Takuma, Sumi Tanuka, Bobby Zankel, and Daryl Burgey.